Thank you for joining us. In today's world, we as grandparents and great-grandparents play major roles in the lives of our grandchildren and great-grandchildren. The question is, what are we doing to influence their lives? Much is said about the financial, healthcare, and elder care impact upon the world. Yet very little is said about the priority of establishing a solid spiritual legacy to be passed down from generation to generation and leave it to God to take care of the rest. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us. I could have been gone between last Sunday and this Sunday and as well as the rest of us here and by way of our live streaming audience. But you have permitted us through your grace to be here one more time. And for this, we are glad and eternally thankful. Help me to preach now and uh, help people to focus and receive through all the social media entities here in person. Let our minds not wander. Let us document truth, apply truth, activate it, and grow thereby. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, Amen. We started a series on last Sunday that's befitting uh, for the occasion of grandparents, and we had more sermon than we had time. So the Lord just gave me wisdom to stop, and we said we will continue uh, this Sunday, and this Sunday has come, and we're going to continue what we left off the last time. Be so kind enough, uh, open and turn your Bibles to the book of Psalms, chapter 42, Psalms chapter 42, verse 11, and then keep your Bibles open, keep your Bibles open, because we're going to be referencing a number of scriptures. Psalms chapter 42, verse 11, it reads, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. I want to preach this morning victory over depression in a troubled world. Victory over depression in a troubled world. Why is my heart so sad? In a nation filled with grief, sadness, sickness, violence, the devastating effects of COVID-19, such as restrictions, unemployment, a volatile stock market, an uncertain economy, quarantine, sickness, and death, We're in a place we have never been before as a nation. People all around us, not just in America, but even in the world, people are worried, they're stressed, they're fearful, and so many are battling depression, not only in our seniors, but even in many of our youth. They too are struggling with depression, even to the point of suicidal tendencies tendencies, and even suicide itself. Why is my heart so sad? Depression is widespread in our society, and it is 
possibly responsible for more pain and distress than perhaps even COVID-19 itself. With that being said, grandparents, we have a crucial role in impacting this culture, this very generation, and even future generation with the glorious gospel, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. However, God cannot use you to the maximum of your potential until you address any form of depression within you. You say, well, I'm sitting here and I don't have depression. I'm feeling pretty good. But you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. So maybe this message is to uh, inoculate you spiritually, to, to strengthen you, to help keep it from you. Hopefully it's spiritual medicinal in nature to help us to keep sound and whole mentally to the glory of God. What is depression? Depression is defined as an emotional condition, either neurotic or psychotic, characterized by negative, by negative self-image, self-criticism, feelings of hopelessness. Those who are depressed, they have gloominess, dejection, social withdrawal. They have self-pity, sadness, frequent crying. Those who are depressed, they have heaviness of heart, pessimism, difficulty in thinking and concentrating, loss of appetite and sleep, overeating, reduction in activity, and they're always tired and fatigued. Any one of us may occasionally feel down. However, if you are sad most of the time and it seems to be enveloping you, you may have depression. Be encouraged. Depression is a condition that is treatable by medicine, uh, speaking with a licensed therapist, by changing your lifestyle. It is also, uh, it also can be healed through divine intervention from God himself, for nothing is too hard for our Lord. God can take care of depression. Depression, it affects us now. It affects us uh, mentally. It affects us emotionally. It affects us physically. It affects us spiritually. It can often be identified in some while others can hide depression so well. A person can look like they're happy and they're on top of the world, but they're as depressed as they can be, but they know how to hide it so no one can, can even see it. What causes depression? Absolutely no one is exempt from depression. Anyone can develop it. Depression can stem from genetics, family history, severe stress. Depression can uh, come from medications, drugs and alcohol, chemical imbalance, long-term unemployment, living in an abusive relationship. Depression comes as a result of working in in a prolonged, tense, stressful environment in, in the workplace. Depression comes as a result of life circumstances because of being worried, because of coping with serious medical issues, and even because of the death of loved ones, just to name a few. Let's look at some personalities in the Bible, personalities of those who uh, experienced 
depression in Scripture. There are a number of persons. I just wish I could go through each one of them, but it'll just take too long. And it's quite fascinating. I had to actually just choose which ones the Lord would have me do, unless this would be maybe an eight-part series. But uh, let's look at a few people. Uh, Last time, uh, we looked and delved into the life of David and his depression as found in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 15 through 18. David experienced depression in 2 Samuel 12, 15 through 18. Then we talked about Job, who experienced depression. We see uh, him doing very well in Job chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. And then, then it goes downhill from there in verses 13 through 22. Job chapter 2, verses Four through nine, Job chapter three, verses eleven through twelve, verse twenty-six. Then Job uh, chapter thirty, verses fifteen through thirty-one. We see all the horrific trials in rapid succession that Job encountered that brought about depression. Things were happening that he did not understand, and he couldn't look at the last chapter of that particular book and know and know that it was going to pan out well. But then let's park right here on the prophet Elijah. Let's look at Elijah. I told you we would take up with him the next time. Elijah experienced depression in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 18. It says, Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. She was hellishly mad. Even though Jezebel was hell-bent on killing Elijah, her best attempt could not succeed as long as God's hand of protection and divine favor was upon him. Now, you, now I'm going to tell you something. Some folk are after you too. <laughs> you start living for Christ and living right and having to make some tough decisions that's going to deal with the lives of others. There are some folk who are hell-bent on hurting you. But I tell you what, their best effort won't work if you have the presence of God and favor of God upon your life. Do I have a witness here? Jezebel was so outraged that Elijah had killed the 450 prophets of Baal that she was determined to kill Elijah at any cost. It's amazing how Elijah could kill 450 prophets of Baal and then run away from one woman. I find that strange. One moment he's doing something great. Next moment he's hot telling it. Verse 3, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life, says the scripture in verse 3. When he came to Bathsheba in Judah, he left his servant there. Verse 4, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough. I believe some of you said that about your child. Boy, I am tired of you, girl. When are you going to get your act together? I've had enough. Some of your children depress you, truth be told. Look how quiet it got. <laughs> sometimes it's a mother-in-law. Sometimes it's a, a daughter-in-law. Sometimes it's a brother. Some, sometimes it's a co-worker. 
a boss. I've had enough. Can't take any more. Lord, he said, this is the prophet. Take my life. Asking the Lord, kill me. I'm no better than my ancestors. Like Elijah, many with depression have suicidal tendencies and do not want to live anymore. Grandparents, let me say something to you, and not only you grandparents, but parents and everyone else listening. It does not matter how bad things get in this world. Refuse to fold up your tent and stop living. Refuse to fold up your tent and stop living. Grandparents, parents, you do have worth. You have value. You have wisdom from God and your family needs you more now than ever before. Even if they don't know they need you, they need you. Don't just believe their words. Don't, don't stop. Don't give up. You do you know what my, you know what my child said to me? You know what my grandpa my grandboy said to me? You know what she had the audacity to say? Don't let those words just crush you. They need you even if they don't know they need you. Sadly, some families will not appreciate you, grandparents and parents until after you have departed this life. And then they will remember your words, they will remember your wisdom, and then they will remember your prayers. Everything is not for you to see on this side. Oh, it's wonderful if God blesses you to see it, but some things may not be seen until the other side. If you don't have to see it, if it happens, praise God. And then obviously you see them in heaven and y'all rejoicing together. Oh boy, you made it up here. You came around, huh? <laughs> Verse five says, then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. Some, now some of y'all get grouchy and irritable. Some of y'all need to go lay down. That's y'all problem. You know what you got to take? Look, please go lay down. <laughs> Please lay down. You're messing up all our day. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. When people are depressed, you know, they don't even want to eat. They struggle to eat, begin to lose weight. Verse 6, he looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water, he ate and drank and then lay down again. You know, that's not too good to do these days. You know how you rumbling around in the kitchen at midnight wanting some rice and gravy and some steak. You know that's too heavy. You, you don't get just a piece of half or something. You just, all of a sudden, you just hog it out, you know. <laughs> Stop eating so late. That's how you mess yourself up. Know when to cut it off. I'm not sure I just add that in because somebody needs that. Somebody, some of y'all nocturnal. Y'all get them hunger pain and you just get up and just help yourself. Amen? And he lay down again. Grandparents, if you have the presence of God in your life, 
God will take care of you. Listen at this. (laughs) Let me use my imagination. Elijah had a supernatural DoorDash delivery with food and water without cost. He didn't even put in the order. <laughs> and the food was there. The water was there. He didn't have to go to H-E-B. It was just all they did. God tells him, it's that eat and drink. Oh, I wish that was like that now. Well, I went to H-E-B the other day and thought I was getting some tangerines. My wife said, look at these things. Had two, I thought they were all big and you had these big ones on the outside. But on the inside, took it, but all these little tiny ones like that that you couldn't see. I said, those rascals, you, you chip, you cheating me. You, you was, you, she went, don't get off. They, they made the baskets bigger and they still know how to, not just H-E-B, but a whole lot of these stores, you're not getting the quality, but they get the dollar every time. Do I, do I have, but, but here he had a supernatural DoorDash delivery with food and water and God says to Elijah, eat and drink. God ministers to him. And if you let God, even in the midst of your misery and your pain and your hurt, God will give you water and food and he will replenish you. He will refresh you. He will help you. Verse 7 the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, yeah, the angel touched him. just a, a touch. I wonder what that felt like when an angel. See, I let everything go. I just, oh, God, I, just like, I would like to see what it feel like to have an angel just touch me and say, get up and eat, for the journey is too long for you. Uh, God knew what was ahead. That journey was long. Verse 8, so he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by the food. He traveled 40 days. Now, he in 40 days, that, would have, that means we would have had to catch an airline or something. Yeah, he didn't have a rail system or anything. 40 days. Who knows? Did he use a donkey, a camel? Did he walk? 40 days and night until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Verse 9, there he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. Look at this. Underline this. What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? Out of fear for his life, Elijah took refuge in a cave where he had not been directed by God to be. Also, God had no intention of letting Elijah become comfortable staying in that cave. Just like so many who are afraid to leave their homes today because of the virus. I believe God is asking the same question he asked Elijah thousands of years ago. He's asking you where you are in life. What are you doing here? How long are you going to stay locked up? Why can't you go in your backyard and make a garden? Verse 10, he replied, 
I have been very zealous, Lord, for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left. Oh, I'm the only one left. I'm the Lord, did you hear me? I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. Let me tell y'all something. Park right there a minute. Thinking too much about the possibility of death can bring on depression. Did you get that? You need to write that down. Thinking too much about the possibility of death. Oh, if I do this, I might die. If I go there, I might die. If I go to the store, I might die. If I come to church, I might die. If I sit in the doctor's office, it's over. Let me, let me do it online. You go, you just, just everything, death, death, death. Somebody sneezes sneeze 100 feet away with their mask on. Oh, I got a droplet. <laughs> Thinking too much about the possibility of death can bring on depression. Therefore, refuse to focus on the worst things that can happen to you. Instead of, listen to this, listen. Instead of Elijah focusing on the victory over the 450 prophets of Baal, he had just killed with the help of Almighty God. He focused only on the Lord's prophets being killed, the negative. Parents and grandparents, be optimistic and speak in faith to your children. Be optimistic and speak in faith to your grandchildren. Be optimistic, which will keep you from succumbing to depression. Don't live and look for the gloom and doom. Verse 11, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. Man, I want a front row seat to, that, a seat to that. The Lord is about to pass by. He put him on notice. The Lord positioned Elijah so that he would not miss the presence of God in the midst of his circumstances. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. That was enough right there to get, listen, an earthquake here, that's enough to make me sit down, lay down, and run. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, as big as that was. Wasn't in the wind, wasn't in the earthquake. Verse 12, after the earthquake came the fire. California, stay on fire. I wonder what is left there to even burn. And my prayers do go out for those persons affected and family members who've lost others. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper, a gentle whisper. Underline that. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. 
be it known to you today, God is not going to yell at you to get your attention. He speaks. He's not going to turn down the television set. He's not going to take off all the, he's not going to strip you of your gadgets and, and yell over all that stuff. It's a wonder you're not electrocuted by now. God is not going to yell at you because he speaks quietly. He speaks tenderly. God speaks lovingly. Some of y'all too rough. Too rough. You talk too rough to, to your children, your grandchildren, to your family. God speaks lovingly and God speaks softly. I was telling some men the other day, you know, when you're 6'3", I was talking to those guys, some of you six feet, six three, six four, and you got those big voices. Your children, your voice already scare them. You already got big voices, all that testosterone coming out. Learn to lighten, talk light, and soften it, soften your voice. You're naturally big voiced for some of you. For not a, a men talk in different voice and decibels and all that. But when you got a deep voice and you're tall and you got a strong physical huge stature, the more purposeful you have to be and intentional you have to be in being gentle and gracious and toning that voice down so your children and grandchildren can hear that love from you. God speaks in a whisper. The Word of God says that wisdom and understanding belong to the old, and He commands us to let our lights shine among our children and grandchildren. Truly, it is time for grandparents to rise and shine for Christ in troubling times. By loving and patiently setting the spiritual tone for our families, we can make a difference and change will come. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. 